Welcome to the Collide Kids Podcast, hosted by Kristen Clark. This is a show for kids and families. You are going to meet new people and have fun while you listen. Let's do it! y'all. Welcome to the Collide Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Clark. The Collide Kids Podcast is a show for kids and families where we learn together how life and faith collide. I am so happy that you are listening today. Thank you so much for being here and spending this time with me. If this is your first time listening, I just want to say welcome. I'm glad you're here too. Be sure to listen to the end of every episode. That's where we have the kids only segment where kids just like you get to be on the podcast. Well, I don't know if you are familiar with what is happening in the world today, but lots of scary things are on the news and some sad things about people in Israel and things that are happening in different countries. It's really hard to take it all in. And with all the news and information and things we're hearing from all different sources, it's really hard to know how to think and how to figure out what is true? So that's why I'm thrilled today that we have a very special guest who's going to help us with this. Her name is Kathy Gibbons. She loves teaching people how to think well. As a homeschool mom, one of her goals has been to teach her daughter how to think, not just what to think. Kathy's daughter was in seventh grade when the pandemic broke out, and that year they read a book about logical fallacies. To Kathy's surprise and delight, her daughter started to be able to recognize bad thinking everywhere. That's when Kathy realized that people who are trained to recognize truth and foolishness are impossible to fool. Our world desperately needs people who can think well. And so she started the Filter It Through a Brain Cell podcast, which gives short, fun episodes that teaches teens and their parents how to recognize bad thinking, practice media discernment, and think well. As a Christian, Kathy believes there is truth. We can know that truth, and it is our honor to search it out. And when parents and kids learn these fun, simple skills of logical thinking, it gets really easy to do. You guys, I am so excited for you to hear this conversation with my friend and fellow podcaster, Kathy Gibbons. Well, Kathy, I am so glad to have you on the Collide Kids podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, this is so great. I love when I get to meet internet friends in, well, not in person. I was going to say in person. It feels like in person because we're looking at each other, but it's still online. But I think that's so cool that we get to make friends this way. I love it. This is the good thing about social media is you get to connect with some really amazing people. So I'm with you. I love it too. Yeah, and learn about what they do and how they how they find out their passions and all that stuff. So speaking of, will you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I am a homeschooling mom. I've been homeschooling our daughter for, I think we're in our 12th year. I mean, we've been homeschooling from the beginning. I feel like every mom is a homeschooling mom. Every parent is a homeschooling parent, quite frankly, because we're always teaching and training. But officially, she is in the 11th grade this year, and we have been homeschooling from the beginning. And I also host a podcast where I teach critical thinking. And the first season is all about logical fallacies. But I do it in short, little fun episodes because I really want parents to turn it on the car with their kids, with their middle schoolers or high schoolers to be able to listen and learn about this together. So that is what I do. 
That is so cool. And I'm obviously a huge fan of podcasting and other podcasts that are geared towards families and kids. So this is going to be really a lot of fun. So before we get into all that, because this is a show for kids, I always make my guests tell me their best joke. So do you have a joke for us today? I do. And this is kind of a two-part joke. So what does a dragon have when it's hungry? Ooh, I don't know. A filet mignon. And then what does a dragon do when it's tired? I don't know. Of course, a flaming yawn. So <laughs> that's my joke. Flaming yawn. I love Flaming that. yawn. Those are yep, good. yep. I know. It's kind of a dad joke. Yes. This falls in dad joke category for sure. Yes. Oh, I'm a huge fan of dad jokes. Like the cornier, the better, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Kathy, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the topic of your podcast, which is about critical thinking. Can you explain a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So critical thinking, and I'm going to give you three different kind of terms when it comes to critical thinking, but critical thinking is just the ability to think well. It's the ability to think about the things that we're seeing, the things that we're hearing, and to really ask ourselves and discern, is that true? That it's, I keep it super simple. Yeah, that is simple. Yeah. If we or if other people have bad thinking, and there's really three common thinking errors that people tend to make. So number one is called a fallacy. And sometimes you'll hear it as a logical fallacy. So a fallacy is just an error. So a logical fallacy is an error in thinking. And would you believe that there's over 300 different named logical fallacies? So there is a lot of ways that we can think about things wrongly. Wow. Some of them were just making mistakes, just mis errors in our thinking. But it's super helpful to know because we tend to do these all the time and other people tend to do them all the time. And if you're not aware of them, then you'll fall for things that aren't true. And we just don't want that to happen. Can you give us an example of a logical fallacy? Yes. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of them. So let me give you a couple different examples. So one would be a red herring. So a red herring happens when somebody, you're having a conversation and you're on topic and somebody introduces something to the conversation that's completely off topic, that has nothing to do with it, but they're doing it in an attempt to change the subject. That's called a red herring. Um, another example is the word equivocation. So equivocation happens when somebody changes the definition of a word in the middle of an argument or from how it's typically used. And it confuses things. It makes things very confusing because now they're using the word in a different way. It can, we see this a lot in memes. Uh, this happens a lot in puns, like joke puns. It's often because somebody is changing the meaning of a word to kind of make it funny. Well, in society, people change the meaning of words to try to push an agenda or a certain mindset or to make people feel emotional about something. Uh, another, another great fallacy is an appeal to emotion. This is a really big one that happens a lot these days where people will do things and people, people will say things and give messaging in an attempt to get you to feel a certain way, to feel an emotion. They're going to either try to get you to feel guilty, to make you angry. We have a lot of appeal to anger. 
Fear has been a huge one, an appeal to fear. We have seen that so much these last several years, right? Over and over. Because mm-hmm. if emotion is very powerful and fear is one of those, fear and anger are one of those most powerful emotions. And if somebody can get you into an emotional state, you'll do things, you'll believe things that you would not normally otherwise believe. And so those are just a couple. I've got hundreds of them, but those are the kind of things that can happen when we're not thinking about things well and messaging, sometimes people will take advantage of messaging to kind of trick you by using faulty, faulty logic. Interesting. I love that. And I guess we often get bombarded with a lot of this stuff. And so it's really important to have those critical thinking resources, I guess. So how did you become interested in logic and critical thinking and all of that? So it happened when my daughter was in ninth grade. Um, I'm sorry. No, she was in seventh grade during the 2019-2020 school year. Um, the way that we homeschool, we meet once a week in community and they have a tutor that kind of leads them through the materials. So I was the tutor that year, the director. And one of the books that we read is called The Fallacy Detective. I highly recommend The Fallacy Detective. Um, it's a fun resource. It's perfect for middle school aged students. It's a lot of fun. And it introduced these kids. I had 12 kids in my class. It introduced them to just like 30 to 33 of the different logical fallacies. And that age group is so, they love it. They love, they pick it up so fast and they take great delight in pointing out all the ways that their parents and people around them are thinking wrongly and make mistakes. Well, as you know, 2019, 2020 was the second part of that school year was when the pandemic hit, right? And if you go all the way through right. 2020, you have the pandemic, you have all the lockdowns, we have all the, uh, then we get social media fact checkers, we go into a presidential election and I mean, if you want to see something fun, watch a group of kids who have learned the logical fallacies, watch a political debate. (laughs) Like we play bingo because they're checking, well, that's a red herring. Well, that's an ad hominem. That's a straw man. Like they pick up on all the things and and it's both sides. Both sides of the political party do it, right? So when you're watching a political debate, they're picking up on all of it. Well, what I noticed was watching these kids who had even just a basic understanding of critical thinking and had just a few tools in their critical thinking toolkit, so to speak, they went through that whole time period so differently than their peers did. And they were not fooled by so much of the messaging that they were hearing. It's almost like it gave them this invisible coat of armor on their brains to be able to withstand a lot of other things that I noticed their peers who didn't have that training than how they went through that time period. And so I thought, oh my goodness, if our whole country had this skill, we would be in such a different place. If we could really analyze the things that we're being told and the messages that we're, that we're hearing and receiving and we're able to filter it. That's why I called it filter it through a brain cell. Think about it, filter it, look for truth and find out what the truth is. We would be in such a different position. And so I thought, well, I can do that. So I started the podcast. Season one is all logical fallacies, short little fun episodes. And then season two, we're going to go into cognitive biases, which is limitations in our ability to think objectively. And it's just been fun. It's been super fun. I'm really enjoying it. My whole goal is for parents and their kids to learn this together, to have great conversations, to start to recognize bad thinking wherever they see it. And because if you can recognize it, then you don't get fooled by it. Yes, I love all of this because I think it's so, like you said before, we're so bombarded by all this information and we really need to have our own 
filter. We need to know how to think through the things that we're hearing and not just believe them because someone on the internet said it or because someone in a podcast said it. So what do you think it is about thinking well? How do we do that? How do we start training ourselves to be critical thinkers? We'll be right back after this. You know, raising kids in the digital age isn't easy, but Bark Technology makes products that help parents keep their kids safe online and in real life. They have an app, a phone, and a home device that lets families set parental controls on their internet-connected devices. I love the app because it helps us manage screen time and blocks websites and apps we want our kids to avoid. It also sends alerts and gives us the ability to monitor texts and social media and even track your child's location. Visit bark.us to learn more about how you can keep your kids safe online. Use the code COLLIDEKIDS to get 15% off your subscription of the Bark app. The number one tool that I like to teach is three things. Okay, number one, you need to learn the grammar of good thinking. And that to me is learning the different fallacies, is learning the names of them, knowing what's wrong with them, what are the errors in thinking, right? And so that's what I do in my podcast is I teach that. So that's number one is having the grammar. Number two is asking good questions. This is the skill. This is how you practice good thinking is by asking good questions. And I've got sets of questions that I like to teach because there, if you can ask good questions and you're willing, you're willing to ask good questions and really say, okay, well, let's just find out what the answer is, not just be emotional about it and, and come up with the answer that I think it is or that I want to hear. But if you can be really good at asking questions and looking for good answers for questions, that is going to lead you on the road to being able to think well about the things you're seeing, hearing, and reading. And then number three that I'm really big on is practice. You have to practice with real life stuff because it's not enough to read a chapter in a book about a red herring. It's not enough to listen to one seven-minute episode about a red herring fallacy you have to practice it and you have to practice recognizing it and seeing it. And so I like to make resources available for families as well to be able to practice with real world stuff. Okay, here's a headline. Here's an article. What do you think? So often I'll take my phone as I'm scrolling on social media because my daughter doesn't have social media yet. And if I see a meme or I see a headline, I'll take the phone and just give it to her and say, okay, what do you think about that? And just start training her to look at it and to think about it and to draw back from what she knows, what she's learned and decide, okay, do I think this is true? And if, if I do, why? And if I don't, why? What's wrong with it? What would be a good question to ask? And we kind of go through all that. So it's really just having these little conversations. It could be a bumper sticker. It could be a billboard ad. Once you know kind of what some of these fallacies are, you can look at and say, hey, do you think that's true? Right. And then ask them some questions and lead them, lead them there. So it's, it's very simple. It's, it always sounds so simple when I'm saying this and it is simple. We're just not taught how to do it. We're just not trained in how to do this. And so once you can learn it, it's very easy to apply. That's good. You know, I think a lot of parents and I'm probably like this too, is when I'm addressing things that are happening in the world or when I'm trying to talk to my kids about what's going on. I just want to tell them what to believe. That's a little bit easier to just, this is what I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And I don't really, I don't know that I'm leaving room for my kids to think it through. So I I don't know. I think there's a lot of parents out there. Maybe they're like me. You either just leave it alone and we shelter them from it so they don't even have to think about it. Or we just tell them what we believe and leave it at that. So 
how can we do this better? How can parents help their kids with what they're seeing in the world today? No, that is such a good question. And I, I agree a hundred percent. Okay. So a couple, two things. Number one, I think there's a place for both. There is a place for telling your kids what you believe about something and for giving them context for things. So this is something my dad used to do. And when we were growing up, my siblings and I hated it. It was so annoying, of course, right? Because everything's annoying when you're <laughs> like a, when you're right. growing up with your parents. But what he used to do is what we used to call narrating. He would narrate everything for us. We would watch movies and he would make comments about the things that people, what was happening or what people were doing or about the character of the people or their decisions. And as we're driving, he would comment on the billboards and on actions of other people. And we're like, oh, we can see, we know dad, right? Because we know everything. We know. <laughs> and it was so annoying. But what I came to realize is what he was doing is he was just talking out loud about what was in his head as he viewed the world, as he viewed life and people. And in that whole way, he was teaching us how to think. He was teaching us how he thinks about things. And it gave us a foundation. He gave us a biblical worldview without like sitting us down saying, here's a biblical worldview, because he mm -hmm. was just telling us this is how he views the world. He wasn't lecturing. He was just kind of talking out loud about how he views the world and what's happening around us. And now as an adult, I look back and I realize what he was doing and the power of it and how amazing it was. And so I always tell parents, I know your kids are going to be annoyed. It's fine. They're going to be annoyed anyways. Don't worry. Just do it <laughs> right? because they need the skills. They need to hear this. They'll be annoyed even if you don't do it. So just do it. So that's number one. Number two is what I like to call the principle of the file or the principle of first mention. And in, in studying the Bible, there's a principle of the first mention, the first time God talks about something in the Bible, right? That means something. Well, also, as we're growing and developing, as our kids are growing and developing, they're going to create in their mind a file for how they're going to think about every single topic that's out there. And what we want to do, our goal as a parent is we want to be the first mention in their file. We want to be the first one that introduces them to this particular topic. Now, for some files, maybe the first mention is a little sticky note that we just stick in there and we say, we're going to come back to this, right? But at least we stuck it in there. Because now, if we're the first mention, the next time they hear it, they're going to go back and pull that little file out, so to speak, in their brain. And oh, there's something there for my parents. I have something to go on. Now, the next time the, the topic comes up and they're a little older, maybe you add two pages to that file. And eventually it might be a book. Eventually some are going to be smaller. But my whole goal was we, with our daughter, we wanted to be, my husband and I, to be the first ones to mention something. And so that way, when you're the first ones to mention, you are, quote unquote, an authority on that in their mind and in their life. And so you want them to come back to you to know that this is a place that I can get information from, that I can get my questions answered. You don't want the authority to be the world. You don't want the authority to be, to be some rando person online. Right. You want the authority to be you as the parent in, in their life. And so those are two of the things that I've looked at. And so I think it's a balance. It's a balance between we are to be teaching our children, right? Scripture tells us we are to be teaching them right. every day as we go, as we walk on the road, as we're doing our tours. And also part of training their mind is asking them questions so that they can learn to think as well. So it's not an either or type thing. 
I love to think about that being the first mention. And so your kids know not only are you the authority on that, but that's also something they're able to talk with you about. Because I think if we avoid certain conversations, you know, like they're not going to feel comfortable coming to us instead of, like you said, the people online or, you know, like if they don't know something, they're going to look it up on YouTube or they're going to look it up on another place and ask their friends. And we want our families to be the first place that we have those conversations. So I think that's really good. How do you know when your kids are ready to start training and critical thinking? Like what age group do you start with that? Oh, goodness. You can start with them really young. And and the way that you start when they're young is, again, it's all questions. You just change the questions as they grow. So when you know a child is young, say under five years old, you're not going to be asking them, do you think that their logic was on? Right? You're, that's not the kind of thing that you're going to do. Right. But you can ask them, well, what do you think is going to happen if we put the bigger block on top of the little block? What do you think will happen if we put the little block on top of the big big block. Well, what came first, right? So just ask them questions to get them thinking about anything. It could be thinking about their play. It could be thinking about, well, what comes, what do we always do after dinner? Or what do we need to do first to prepare for dinner? Just start asking them questions and they'll start developing the skill of thinking. So at any age that they are, questions are always going to be your go-to tool. The questions just change as they get older. Right now, my daughter's in high school. And so we're going to be asking different questions. Well, what were, what were the circumstances that caused this to happen? Do you think that's right? Why do we think that's right? What authority do we have to say that this is right or that, that it isn't right? What caused this? What's the relationship between this thing and between that thing? So the questions just change, but the tool stays the same. And to me, that makes it very simple. However, I know me saying this sounds easy and sounds simple. I will tell you this. I was not a good question asker. My husband is naturally a really good question asker. He's naturally very curious. Me, not so much. I have had to learn this as a parent, as a homeschool mom. I have had to learn how to ask good questions. And I just want to encourage you, if you're not great at that, it's okay. You can learn. <laughs> you can learn how to, how to get better at it because I have definitely learned. Yes. I think for me, I have learned that it's okay to ask questions. I think some of the the structures in the school or the church or the different areas that I grew up in, sometimes it wasn't, it was frowned upon to ask a lot of questions about something. And I think that's a part of our faith, right? Is that as we dig through, as we were learning, we need to ask questions. And so I'm with you. I had to learn that it's okay to ask questions and learn how to ask really good questions to dig into those things, not just about faith, but about anything in the world. Oh, 100%. And I think the confidence that we can have, because I think one of the things that sometimes makes parents afraid of questions or of their kids asking questions is they are worried about what conclusions they're going to come to, or they're worried about, oh, that they're questioning. So that means they're going to walk away from their faith or they're going to whatever. And if we can look at questions, number one, as being a good and beautiful thing because it means they're interested. If our kids ask a question, they're interested. And if we can see it as an opportunity. And, and so for me, that this always, this little analogy always helped me when you've got somebody who's asking a question, even if they're in disagreement or even if they're coming from two sides of an object, you're going to push in together. And when you push in, the whole goal is to buckle toward truth. You're always trying to buckle toward truth. And you can't see me on the podcast. I'm pushing my two fingers together and then <laughs> buckling them straight up because the goal is to come together. Let's look at both sides of this issue and let's always do it with the thought and the question and the mindset that we're looking for truth. 
right? And when you're looking for truth, you have to look at who's, what's the authority on this truth? Who has the authority? And we know obviously ultimate authority comes from scripture, comes from God, right? That is our ultimate authority on what truth is. And so if we can always have that as a place that we're buckling to, we're always going to land on solid ground. And kids need a safe place to work through this stuff. They need a safe place to think through this. Because like you said, we don't want them to go do the Google search. Like that's the worst place you can go with the big questions that you have. I think part of it is we as parents have to be open to okay, questions aren't a bad thing. Questions don't mean that they're defying us, don't mean that they are um, don't respect us. They're just trying to work through these things in their head. They're trying to make sense of the world. And that's a beautiful thing. We should welcome that. I would rather them do that, rather my daughter do that with us than with somebody else. Right. What about, I think one of the things I'm seeing as a parent in the world today that's a little scary to me is just how loose we are with the truth. <laughs> like we, it's almost like truth is being challenged in every direction. So I love that you said that God is the authority. He, the scriptures that we have, the Bible, that's our authority for truth. But I feel like that's just under threat right now. It's it's being challenged in every way. So how do we work through that as a family? How do we keep our family centered on truth when everything else in the world is saying, find your own truth or whatever you think is right, that's what you should do. And and now we're kind of stuck. Like, how do we stand for truth when everyone is challenging that? A hundred percent. Because I always talk about the two biggest enemies to good thinking. And we've talked about one of them already is emotionalism, right? We get so caught up in our emotions. And as soon as you get emotional, your rational thinking goes out the window. And it's it's physiologically proven that that's how our brains work. So that's one. The second one is relativism. And that's exactly what you mentioned. And actually, there is, that's one of the fallacies. It's called the relativist fallacy. The fallacy being... My truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. There is no absolute truth. Well, so that's saying that 10 opposing things could all be true at the same time if I believe that it's true, right? And so once you can teach a child, once you can teach your teens, your kids, look, that's relativism. That is a fallacy. It is not true. If I have, you know, an orange in my hand, the orange cannot also be a banana, right? It cannot also be grapes. It is an orange. And just because I think it's grapes doesn't mean it's grapes. So that's the relativist fallacy. And again, if we just give our kids the language for it and we teach them, this is a fallacy. It's an error in thinking. This is what it is. This is what it means. They're going to recognize it. And then we go back to, okay, so what is truth? Who has the authority on this? Well, who created us? God created us. So he has the authority on us. You know, the truth is beautiful in and of itself. And God has given us the truth. And so it's almost like saying, we almost can't say more than that. We just need to ask our kids, okay, so what fallacy is that? That's the relativist fallacy. Well, what's the error? What's the thinking error behind it? Well, two things can't be true at the same time, you know, opposing things. And you can't just make up truth. Truth is objective. It's not subjective. And we just have to teach teach them that. That is what it is. And what I have found is they recognize it. They are able to recognize it and pick up on it. And um, it, it more than ever now, we have to give them the language for this before they start running into it. So that it's, again, the file of first men- the first mentioned file, yeah. right? So that when they see it and when they hear it, they're like, oh, there it is. I recognize that. Um, I, think that's, I think that's the best way to equip our kids to, to be ready for it and to handle it. 
Yeah, I think that's so good. And especially in the world we're in today, all these things are happening all around the world. We're seeing things on the news. And I think it's really easy to just turn it off and shut the door and let's not even think through that instead of just having that filter. Like that's why God has given us a brain is so that we can hear something that's happening and we can filter it and understand it and still be able to be a part of what's happening in the world. I think that's so important. Okay, so I'm thinking about the kids that are listening. They're like, okay, it's really important for older people to know how to do this. So if a kid today wants to be a good thinker, where do they start? What do they do? Well, I would say do the do the three things that I said. Number one, listen to my podcast. Listen to the Filter Through Brain Cell podcast. Pop it in, turn it on in the car when you're driving around, going to sports, going to soccer practice, whatever it is you're doing. I promise you, these kids pick it up so fast. But at the end of every episode, I teach one simple question. If you can just learn to question things, and that question is very easy, is that really true? Is that really true? When you hear something, when somebody says something, oh, I'm this, they're that, this, or whatever, is that really true? And if you just start with that question in mind, that that is going to be the foundation for good thinking. And then I'll, if you listen to the podcast, I'll teach you all the skills and everything that you need to know, but that's where you're going to start. And, and I think the biggest thing that I could teach um, this next generation is learn to love truth. And when I say truth, I, have to, I feel like I have to define our terms here because <laughs> right now... The world is telling you my truth, your truth, his truth, her truth, their truth, right? Everybody has a truth, but that's that's equivocation. They have changed the meaning of the word, right? I already taught you that fallacy. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. So my truth, <laughs> what they mean when they say it is my opinion or my feelings or my perspective. Well, that's not the meaning of truth, right? And we know that there is a truth and that we can know it and that that truth doesn't change. The truth about who we are, the truth about what's right and what's wrong. That truth is set. It's settled. We can know it and it doesn't change. And so when we can know what that is and when we can say, well, what is true and what's not true, now we are able to filter those messages that we're getting and ask ourselves, is that really true? Well, no, it's not. Okay. So even if somebody, just because somebody says something is true, doesn't make it true. Like, come on people, you know, we know this just because they say it doesn't mean it's true. And so just start there. Just start by asking the good questions, realizing that everything that you hear is not going to be right. It's not going to be true. So you've got to know what is, and you can know it, right? Scripture tells us that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of Kings is to search a matter out. It is our glory that we get to seek truth and we get to learn and discover what that is. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's a great place to start. And we can't believe the world when it tells us that if you speak truth, if you say that truth is objective, that it makes you a hater. Okay. There's another word that has been equivocated. They're just that what, what the world is telling us is that if you have a different opinion, therefore you hate. That's not the definition of the word. That's not what it means. And so again, you see the you see how just knowing this one logical fallacy has already come in several times just in this conversation and it comes in over and over again. So that's where that's where I would start and just just practicing, just practice asking, well, is that really true? Why or why not? And go from there. That's so good. And where can our listeners find out more about your podcast? It's on almost any podcast player. It's called Filter It Through a Brain Cell, which is my way of saying think about it and you can find it just about anywhere. 
That's so good. I'm so excited for our listeners to check out your show. I think that's going to be so fun for them to learn together as a family. Kathy, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing about the critical thinking. Now I'm going to be thinking about thinking for a little while. So I'm I'm excited <laughs> about this and excited to listen to your show too, so I can learn. Before I let you go, I always like to ask my guests to share a memory from when they were a kid. So do you have a memory you want to share with us today? I do. So I kind of had a, an interesting Growing up years, my parents were missionaries. And while we didn't ever live overseas, we did take short-term trips. So I have lived months of my life in the jungle. And when I say in the jungle, I mean like living in the side of a river, up in a hut with no walls, bamboo floors, thatched roofs. We had to sleep with mosquito nets because bugs would drop and fall out of the thatched roof onto us. And one of the coolest experiences that I got was we spent some time in the jungles of Papua New Guinea, and I got to meet a real-life cannibal. There's not many of them left anymore. I don't even know if there would be today, but there was this older gentleman in one of the tribes that we visited who that tribe used to practice cannibalism because that's just what they did. And so that is my big, it's my party trick. Tell us one thing that you've done that nobody else has done and nobody's ever beat me on that one. I have met a real life cannibal. Wow, that is crazy. And I love that you were able to live in a hut and and be in the jungle like that. I bet there's a lot of adventures that took place. So many adventures. And as kids, of course, myself and my siblings, we loved it. We thought this is the best ever. What like what an adventure. Now as a mom, I look back and I think, oh my gosh, I can't imagine taking four little kids <laughs> into this situation. But that's just what they that's just what they did. That's awesome. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was such a pleasure meeting you and having you on the show. Thank you for having me, Kristen. Wow, that was so fascinating to me. I loved learning today about telling the difference between logical fallacy and the truth. It is so important to be able to determine the truth. And we want to train our young people, our kids, our teens to discover this tool of critical thinking and how it can change the way we see the world and help us to think better. I love Kathy's three rules. She said, first, learn the grammar of good thinking. Second, ask good questions and be willing to ask those questions and open to learn more beyond just what you believe already. And third, practice with real life stuff. Look at the news, look at different things you read or hear on TV or social media and think through how can we filter this through a brain cell. I love that Kathy said, while truth is being challenged all around us and we are being told that everything is true all the same time, we can lean on what we believe and we believe that God is the ultimate authority and truth. So true. If you'd like to learn more about Kathy and her fun podcast about critical thinking called Filter It Through a Brain Cell, you can get this show wherever you get your podcast. You can also go to her website, filteritthroughabraincell.com, and there you'll find a fun free quiz that you can take. Parents can take it, kids can take it, and see how much you know about critical thinking. You can also follow her on Instagram at Filter It Through a Brain Cell. Well, now it's time for the kids only segment. This is the part of the show where you get to be on the podcast. So here is my friend, Evie. 
Hello, my name is Evie, and here's my joke. How do French skeletons say hello? Bonjour. <laughs> Thank you, Evie. I love that joke. <laughs> well, if you would like to be like Evie and be on the podcast too, and share your favorite joke, or if you have an encouraging quote you like from a book or a movie, or maybe you want to share a Bible verse that you love, just go to my website collidekidspodcast.com and click the tab at the top that says Kids Only, or you can find information about how to send it to me through my social media. You can also follow me on my social media. I'm on Facebook at the Collide Kids Podcast or on Instagram at Collide Kids Pod, and I'd love to see you there. If you'd like to support the podcast, there are a few ways you can do that. First, be sure to follow and subscribe this podcast on whatever podcast app or platform you're using and leave a rating and a review. That is so helpful. And I love reading those. You can also share this episode with friends and family and tell them why you and your family like to listen. And anytime you think about it, I always appreciate your prayer support as well. Well, I hope you guys have an amazing week. I hope you get to start practicing thinking well. And in case no one has told you today, I would love to be the first to remind you that God loves you so much. Thanks for listening. Looking for help and hope can be a chore, and you don't need any more of those. So consider downloading the River Mobile app. It's a radio station committed to playing songs that will lift you up and help you out no matter what you're going through. Songs from artists like Lauren Daigle, Zach Williams, and Toby Mac. It's totally free with no subscriptions. Just search 1049 The River in your app store or listen online at riverradio.com.